This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 117 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. Um, as I promised, we have some video this week. It's not going to be the best from the get-go because I've got to work with it a little bit. Um, Joshua has his background set. His is just simple. <laughs> but now I have to compare mine to what my background was during the pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's it's been tough. And I'm in the – I'm like – I'm in in between housing right now. I'm I'm in the middle of like a move. So I moved out of my condo and then I'm waiting for uh, my new home to be finished. And so uh, where I'm posted up right now, it, it wasn't an ideal office situation. So I had to get this backdrop here because there are big windows and you know how that works with the lighting and everything. Um, exactly. In my, my old office, I had one of those really cool, like basically great TV setups. I had the Jersey in the background and then I had, um, you know, the, the trophies on the bookcase. And so it looked great. And now I'm out here, you know, with Casper behind me, I got this basically like this white backdrop. So it's all good. Well, and for those of you who are listening, we're trying to get um, things started video wise too. So uh, eventually we'll get that all worked out where we'll have it on both platforms. So it's a little bit of trial and error right now with um, our new system that we're using. So it should be exciting. There's always new innovations in technology, but Joshua and I are just not that great at it. So it just takes us a little bit longer. (laughs) We're bad at the tech thing. (laughs) (laughs) Bad at the tech thing. Leave it to sports. We're okay with that. Um, Let's dive into our first segment. And so we were talking about the EA sports game a few weeks ago, and they announced that they were bringing it back. And a lot of things are still in the works, Joshua, when it comes to the details of that. But um, just this week, Notre Dame um, came out and said their athletic director specifically came out and said um, they will not provide name, logos, and other branding property for now. Um, They want to kind of wait to see what happens, see if they can get it all, you know, panned out the right way. So, I mean, I'm starting to see other schools talk about this, too. I think Kentucky recently also said that they don't know if they're going to do it this year. Uh, it, it might be just a year where it's it's kind of a, a wash in a way, not all of it, but just in terms of the full um, participation. Yeah. And, you know, I, I saw where EA Sports said they had anticipated like 100 teams would be on the new game. And so I, I think they kind of saw this coming a little bit. Now, I'll put out two things is number one, I commend some of the universities that are saying no right now yeah. uh, because they're trying to figure out what the structure is going to look like for the players. 
And uh, I can remember back in the game, you know, they would have Cat built just the same as me, different name from, you know, a, a very similar suburb of Central Ohio. And you knew who it was, but they just wouldn't say it. And now we're to a point in college athletics where people are acknowledging the amount of money that's flowing through and, and really how powerful the name, image and likenesses of these athletes are. So um, good for these schools for looking out on that regard. I'll say the second thing is you have to ask the question especially since Congress has been involved and now it's becoming more of a um, it's it's more of a law, you know, legal type thing rather than in NCAA, whatever they feel like thing mm-hmm. is if Congress didn't have their hands full during 2020 with a pandemic, would we be to a place where we have name, image and likeness figured out from a congressional legal, you know, yeah. on the book standpoint? Yeah. And so maybe we are a year or two behind just because of the COVID lag. Uh, but it's, it's a great question to ask. And I'm sure once we find our way out of this daggone pandemic, that that's going to be one of the, uh, one of the priorities for some of these people that are sitting in Congress right now. Well, and, and that's the thing, like the NCAA, um, clearly we've all been dealing with um, kind of putting ourselves back a little bit because of the pandemic, like you mentioned. And I always wonder though, I'm just like, cause part of this has to do with Congress. You have to get everything worked out. But I'm just like thinking to myself, what is the NCAA really do? <laughs> like, Nothing. They put on a basketball tournament. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because when, when you think about the one thing that they actually have to take time to plan out. Mm-hmm. And, and this year, I think it won't be as hard because it's all going to be in Indianapolis. So, right. I, I mean, while there's logistics to that, I don't think it's going to be as much time as all these other regions and then, you know, cutting it down to yep. the final four. So I just like wonder why couldn't they just have something drawn up they didn't want to yeah that and that's why they put it off on congress to handle the bulk of it too and um i was reading actually this editorial the other day and i wish i could remember um who wrote it and what publication it was but basically what it boiled down to is part of the reason why we're having we as in you know sports fans as in student athletes as in people who are for name image and likeness Mm -hmm. are having such a hard time um, pushing the agenda forward is every time it comes down to you know, like getting mad at the NCAA, you know, some of the people working in that office that, that are involved in communications are like, you know, your 65 year old grandmother. And it's really hard to be mad at her. You know, it's not, it's not the, as they said in this editorial, it's not the evil villain um, twirling their mustache. You know, it's somebody who feels like just a really relatable person that it's hard to be mad at. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. I think the other thing too, and this is, I don't know how it's going to get handled I'd be very curious to see, uh, but unless student athletes are able to organize and unionize, and that's where it gets a little bit fishy because they're not going to make them employees. And that's what you would need to be an employee to be a part of a union. But until there's some sort of organization uh, Mm -hmm. where these athletes are able to advocate for themselves or have somebody advocate for them, it's going to be a bad deal. What is like the best place to start? I mean, in terms of simplicity of it and then working into maybe more some of the more difficult, you know, pay for play situations. You know, it's a really good question that you ask. Um, I, it's, it's hard to pinpoint. I'll say mm-hmm. that student athletes have been really successful in very organic grassroots type movements. And we saw it even over the summer with this let them play that really became you know, like a national hashtag and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and some of the um, the bigger national voices were able to get behind it. We saw some momentum years and years mm-hmm. ago when I was in college uh, with Kane Coulter 
at Northwestern and what he was trying to do in terms of actually, you know, like suing to unionize. Um, and that never came to fruition. And so I think that'll be an issue. Like I said, here's the other thing that has to be made a consideration. Title nine is, uh, it's there to protect people, right? People who wouldn't otherwise be protected. And as long as those protections exist in sports, then we don't get to a scenario where I think you have an equitable share of revenue being paid out to football, basketball athletes, because they'll say, well, what about, you know, the rowing team? Um, And at a place like Ohio State, for example, they win national titles. So, you know, folks would use that. Um, And in long story short, football and basketball probably have to fracture away from the traditional NCAA model and football specifically, because they don't need the NCAA. The NCAA does nothing for them. And you, you've even seen schools up to this point, like recently, you know, NCAA would be like, Oh, you had a rules violation. These schools would be like, so, and just, you know, keep doing their own thing. And so I think that has to be a part of the process as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's some good insight. I, I am curious to see how this all pans out and it's going to be a little bit longer, but you know, just have to be patient, but at least we know it's going to eventually get to this point, which is um, something we couldn't say in the past. So Mm -hmm. that's a good step. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. We get into our next segment, and I thought this would be interesting because I read an article um, just recently about, um, you know, fall sports and what it's going to look like. And the first college that kind of put out uh, their plans was Texas A&M. And I kind of chuckled a little bit. (laughs) Dan Mullen's going to be pissed. (laughs) Right. I was like, Dan, where were you on this? Because remember when this happened, when you traveled to Aggieland and then you were promising all those fans in the swamp? Oh, man. But when they played specifically that game against Florida, I mean, you looked at the stands and you're like, there is no way that this is like the limited capacity they're saying it is. Right. Well, let me let me jump in on that, too, because I <laughs> Howard Griffith, who I work with at yeah. BTN, his son, Houston, plays for Notre Dame. And they were down there in the Cotton Bowl, Rose Bowl. And oh. he said there's not a chance that it was limited to the number of people that they said it was going to be limited to. He said there were people everywhere. He doesn't know how the tickets got out there, but they got them. And he said like folks were walking around, no mask on the concourse and everything. That sounds about right. I mean, that sounds exactly what I would picture (laughs) in Texas, you know, it's lawless Um, down there. (laughs) Exactly. Wild, wild west. (laughs) Wild west indeed. And so for sure you're like, okay, we're watching this game. You're like, there is no way that's limited capacity. Mm-hmm. It was at full capacity. No, but sure. now um, when you're thinking about a new fall season, we still don't know in terms of vaccines, if, if everything's going to be out by that time, we're hoping that everyone is going to be able to be vaccinated by that time. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, Joshua, 
I just don't plan on things being completely normal yet, even um, this upcoming fall. I think things will be getting back to that point. But um, what what are we going to see in stadiums? Are we going to see full capacity? And this specific this specific article on AM pretty much was saying that their athletic director said we are planning for like a hundred thousand plus. Sure you know, at these games in the fall. And I just am thinking to myself, I don't know if you should really like come out and say that yet. Um, considering we just, we just don't know enough month to month. We're kind of, you know, wondering what's going to happen and it's changing by the minute. So it's a really unique conversation though, Kayla, because we can talk about this from, um, the science and mm-hmm. so like the numbers we've we've hit a, just a horrible milestone in 500,000 Americans yeah. that have passed from the coronavirus so um still very serious and obviously deeply impactful for those families um who have suffered losses and not just people who have passed but also people who just aren't right right now yeah but when you start to look at some of the numbers you know the experts are saying that they're seeing a decline and now the the vaccine whether people want to take it or not is rolling out and i think that sure. for folks who would take it like myself it's um a way to protect for for other folks it's it gives you confidence that we're going to be able to move past it whether they take it or not right sure. and so the question becomes and uh, James Laurinaitis and Bo Bishop were talking about this on 97.1 The Fan here in Columbus on their show. Mm-hmm. The question becomes, is this now about the science or is it about people's feelings and fatigue? Because, you know, Ohio Governor DeWine said that he's going to start to open up some of the sports venues for, you know, higher capacity. And we could get to a mm-hmm. point where by this fall, he feels like the shoe could have, sure. even if it's not 110,000, maybe 80, 90,000 people. Sure. You know, and so I think part of the conversation really does become not necessarily what is the science, but how do people feel are, are people's concerns about this virus changing? Right. And yeah. so you start there. And then the other interesting thing, too, is people in Ohio and in full disclosure, like, you know, there's California, the way that they're handling it. And then there's like Florida and Texas, the way that yeah. they're handling it. Yeah. Right. Ohio's somewhere in the middle of yeah. that. Um, folks in Ohio are, are thinking by the end of the summer, things are going to be pretty much back to normal. Like they might have to wear a mask when they go out, but they're expecting that restaurants will be open to capacity. They're expecting that they'll be able to go to Ohio State games yeah. uh, without any issues. Their kids will be back in school full time, which many school districts are returning back to school full time this spring. Yeah. And so it's the the virus conversation specifically like A&M says that people in Texas probably there there will be 100,000 people yeah. who are fans of Texas A&M that will feel comfortable um you know going into that stadium in the fall for a football game and i think that's what it's going to come down to is not necessarily what is happening but how do we feel about what is happening and that's what makes this so interesting because when when you talk about an organized sport in college athletics, specifically football, um, we already saw just so much unevenness this past season mm-hmm. because they were just trying to play, right? And all these different leagues had to do it um, in a different way because of the the things that they were dealing with state and citywide. Everything was different. And so I just start to wonder though you know because the west coast has been really really strict about all of this stuff and they you know are barely opening up things now because all my Mm -hmm. family lives over there and i'm like man are these kids going to even experience this year as somewhat regular and how and you know how different 
and I'm going to say the word unfair right. just for the fact that you are down here in the South where you're mm-hmm. going to probably see full stadiums. Sure. Um, I don't know about, you know, you, you all up there in the big 10 country, but I would well. say most of it would, <laughs> would be, yes, you know, full capacity or, or close pushing to toward it. for sure. Yeah. And then in the same in the big 12, right. And then I'm looking over at the four pack 12. I know they just can't catch a break. They, they just, they can't get out of their own daggone way. They can't get out of their own way. And, and it's just like, man, I don't feel like they're going to be no. at full capacity. I just don't. And, and Matt, and you said it the right way. It's, it's the, the comfort is, are they comfortable with yes. it? And I don't think they are. Yeah. I'm just so curious though. Like my older brother, for example, he lives in California. We talked about this cause we both yeah. got family out on the West coast. Yep. And, um, I think he might've, maybe tomorrow he's going to get the second dose of the vaccination. So, you know, they're, they're rolling it out and that's been a big point of emphasis for them. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how the tenor of the coronavirus conversation changes on the West coast due to the vaccine rollout. I know here in Ohio, they're trying to figure it out. You know, my, my dad, old age, sorry, dad. Um, my mother, oh, because she that. works in the school, my younger brother, I'm the only one actually in the family who hasn't gotten the vaccine yet. So I'm kind of tight about that now that I'm thinking about it, but they're, they're really, this is, uh, and I feel like regardless again of the efficacy of the vaccination, people have it in their minds that the more folks get vaccinated, the more we can return back to normal. Yeah. I, and that's the positive thing. Cause it does seem like they are getting um, rolled out quickly. My dad just texted me yesterday, actually. It, he's not of the age yet that he can get the, he's not in that age group yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the age group is, but he's just under it. And so he wouldn't have been able to get it yet, but he texted us in a group message the other day. And he was like, I uh, had a healthcare worker friend that they had the extra Yes. And they, they don't want to let them go to waste. So they'll call somebody. I'm waiting for that call from somebody to, to get in line. You should befriend a healthcare worker, but that's how they're doing it. Cause, cause once you get the first one, they have to give you the second one. Exactly. So you're already locked in once you get the first one. So yeah, I'm like, okay, dad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So tell us over here. I know that's well, my mom's been checking her emails through the school district because they, they'll, um, they'll put it in the email chain that, you know, they've, they've, all the people who had registered have gotten them. They have X amount of extra doses. Yeah. And, and that email comes through, I'm hopping in my car. I'm going, that's, I was just going to say, wherever you are, drop what you're doing and head that way. Right. Yep. That's it. it. It's like you won the lottery. It is. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, I think the landscape, I don't think overall will be back to normal with no. kind of what I was, you know, the point I was trying to make, I think it'll be normal in some places, but yes, it's just, I don't think overall it will be. So it's still going to get some, take some getting used to for, for some of us, you know? Yeah. No. And I mean, the way that, and not to get too far into the weeds on this, but we deserve exactly where we're at the way that we've handled this, because you can Mm -hmm. look at examples from other nations, like, you know, Australian is very different demographically and population density. I'm not an idiot. I understand all that, but sure. to say that they haven't had a, 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 a coronavirus death since like Christmas Jeez. and you know, like in, in, let me put this in perspective for people about 600,000 Americans die yearly from cancer yep. and we've crossed mm-hmm. 500,000 coronavirus deaths in 50 weeks or so. That is the um, population of Atlanta. Yeah. Like it just, 
Right. And so, you know, not to say anybody deserves to die, but like if we can't get back to normal and, and these bad things continue to happen, I don't think yeah. we have anybody else to blame. Yep. So, you know, maybe maybe they feel like they can fill a stadium. Is it the greatest idea? We won't know until after the season's over. Until we're, yeah, exactly. So if you have a chance to get vaccinated, go do it, right? Please. It would be lovely if we all got back to um, what we love doing, and that's either watching sporting events or covering it. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, at least. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Press Pass. Of course, you can follow us on social media um, at Kayla Anderson TV, and you can follow us on Instagram as well at Press Pass Pod. We appreciate you guys listening. Remember, look us up on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast and give us a rate and review and subscribe. We would love you forever. So appreciate it, guys, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.